The City of Marion acknowledges that the Literary Anything podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Garna people and recognizes the Garna people as the traditional custodians of the land. Welcome to Literary Anything, our Marian Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Paula. And I'm Salma. Welcome to February where we are reading The Reading List by Sarah Nisha Adams. Wow, is it February already? Well, yeah. it will be when this airs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Where did January go? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Sunshine and holidays. Well, Adelaide, no, not too much sunshine at the moment. The weather's a bit weird. It's been weird. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. We'll get there. There wasn't much to say about, I don't know if, I don't know how old Sarah Nisha Adams is. She hasn't been writing for that long, I don't think. This is her debut novel, so I couldn't find that much about her online, but she lives in London. She was born in Hertfordshire to Indian and English parents. Mm-hmm. She was a finalist in the Goodreads Choice Award for Fiction for 2021 for this yep. book. And now she works as an editor in publishing. So she's a full-time writer now. And she likes knitting and photography, which she says helps with her anxiety, which at this point, like, who doesn't have anxiety? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I so feel sad. <laughs> no, definitely. If you, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> her second novel is called Twilight garden yes mm. I did some reading about that as well I too googled Sarah Nisha Adams mm. and I did do some thinking around the twilight garden and it did sound like it was pretty much the same premise as the reading list oh okay all around connection so I don't know did you read anything about it not very much no so it's about a little community that they have a community garden and it's dead so uh-huh. there's nothing happening and then Similar to what's happened in the reading list, people start to reinvigorate the garden and with that process comes a lot of connection building and getting to know people in your in your community and I guess making your social circle a little, little bit bigger. So, mm, that's all yeah. up our alley, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. But it kind of makes me think it's a bit of a rinse and repeat, so I don't uh, know. Okay. Be, I'm super interested to know what you thought about this book. Okay. Mm. I want to say first up here, trigger warning for suicide in this book. Yes, definitely. Uh, There were a lot of themes to this book and some of them were mental illness, grief, abandonment, loneliness, Mm. self-doubt, suicide, Mm. as you said. Yeah, depression. I felt that the main character was going through that with her mum. So, Mm. Okay, so I'll read the blurb. When Mikesh Patel pops to the local library for going his routine of grocery shopping and David Attenborough documentaries, he has no idea his life's about to change. He meets Alicia, a reluctant librarian and the keeper of a curious reading list, just a scrappy piece of paper with the names of nine books. It doesn't seem anything special. Yet something tells her to keep it close. Story by story, Mukesh and Alicia work their way through the list, their worries slipping away with every encounter, with every world discovered in their unlikely book club of two. So are you part of a book club apart from this book club? (laughs) (laughs) I am currently not in a book club, but I have been in the past. Yes. How about you? Never. Ah. Never been in a book club, but have read my whole life. And I guess um, just because I was a school teacher as well, I don't think it would have been like you're just reading every day. Mm. You're reading something every day. So Mm. it's never been something that, you know, I've leaned into. But yeah, I don't know if this has changed my mind or not. I'm just I'm just dying to know what you think. So 
Let okay. me know. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, this book starts with Aiden, who is Alicia, the main character's older brother. Mm. And Alicia and Aiden, their dad has left the family and has gone off and started his quote unquote new family. And their mother has some mental health issues. So the two of them, Alicia's only. 17 17 yeah and Aiden I think she says is 25 yeah like mid-20s yeah Yeah, and so they are left in care of their mother or they certainly feel that they need to care for their mother yeah mum's going through a really tough patch and I think the book indicates that that she's been through one of these before we were talking about days where she won't get out of bed and she hasn't left the house in Mm. in a long time as well so Aiden and Alicia sort of tag team her primary care mm-hmm. throughout the book. Yeah, and she's an artist, apparently a very graphic talented designer. graphic yeah. designer. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't clear to me what the nature of her mental health issues until the very end when I thought maybe it was agoraphobia. Yeah. I don't know That's what you That's where you thought. don't want to leave the house. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, fear of outside. Yeah, because she's sitting out on the front porch waiting for Alicia to come home. Yes. Is that what made you think that? That and, well, there was the time when she and Aiden tried to get her to go out into the garden for a picnic. And one time it worked and then this time it didn't and she had a complete freak out and meltdown. And there was something else, I thought. But yeah, but it was unclear to me until right at the very end. Yeah, because it's funny because I didn't get that from the book. I What I surmised from, from my reading of it was that she had mental health issues which led to the breakdown of the marriage and that's when dad <laughs> left, dad Dean. I think that's another weird thing. Like the kids refer to the parents by their first names, like Layla and Dean. Yeah, well, does she call her mum Layla? They, she refers to her she as Layla because the book is written from several point of views, mm-hmm. which is something that I found a bit irritating as well. Right. <laughs> but I think that when she speaks to Aiden, she definitely says Layla in a few um, interchanges there. Right. Yeah. I anyway. Didn't, I didn't <laughs> notice that. I noticed that she called her father Dean and I assumed she did that because she was upset with him for mm. leaving the family. And yeah, I didn't necessarily perhaps. know or think that it was because of her mother's mental health issues that the dad left. It just yeah. seemed like he left. With There wasn't really an explanation. Yeah, maybe I'm putting my own prior knowledge of life and events into <laughs> that and making my own story. Yeah, yeah. Aiden finds – he's one of a few people who find this same list. Yes. And I thought I would just read the books on the list. And they are To Kill a Mockingbird, Rebecca – the Kite Runner, Life of Pi, Pride and Prejudice, Little Women, Beloved, and A Suitable Boy. And how many of those have you read? I have read all of them except... Oh my goodness. Pride and Prejudice. I've never actually read Pride and Prejudice. I don't think you have to read that to know yeah. the story. Probably yeah, yeah. seen the exactly, movie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and A Suitable Boy I started, but it's such a massive book. Yeah, it's um, like a thousand... It's crazy. ...500 pages or something ridiculous. yeah. Which is understandable because if you've ever watched a Bollywood film, it goes for like four hours. <laughs> right. So, yeah, being written by an Indian person. Vikram Seth. Got a lot yeah. to say. Have you read it? No. Oh, okay. No. And in the in the book it does say, somebody says, I think I used it as a doorstop yeah, yeah. at one point. So, yeah, it must be huge. <laughs> yeah. So, out of that list, what was the most life-changing? Definitely The Kite Runner. 
No question. Oh my God, I know. And everybody talks about it in this book, but absolutely, it's no exaggeration that that book is destroying. Like if you want to have a few hours to just sob <laughs> to yourself. Doesn't Mukesh, the um, main character, give it to his granddaughter who I'm thinking is like 12? Yeah. Or maybe even 10? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she's, she's young. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's some pretty graphic scenes there in that are, book actually. yeah yeah like, like mm, is that of abuse of child abuse mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i think a lot of or some of the books anyway that he gives to his granddaughter he's thinking of for her as she's when she's older yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that book destroyed me as well mm. and then the next one after it which was a thousand splendid sons mm-hmm. and he goes back to afghanistan to to see if he can, I guess, make amends for some of the actions that he did when he was younger. So, mm, yeah, that's a good one too. How about you? Have you? Did, what did you think of this list? I think I've, I've only read three in there. So, Life of Pi, Kite Runner, and To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. But To Kill a Mockingbird, full disclosure, I read that in like year ten or year eleven because we had to. So, I, I think it's probably something I need to read again. Because, yeah, in different times in your life, books have different meanings. So Yeah, I feel that way. Yeah, just generally, I read The Kite Runner when it came out. So it was decades ago. And, yeah, I, I wonder how I would feel about it now. Yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favourite movies. And I only read the book fairly recently. Oh, really? Yeah, and... The book was better? No, I don't know. I'm, I yeah. guess I'm so... Yeah, usually it is the book that... Oh, often as readers, it's yeah. the book we read first and then the movie doesn't live up to it. But in this case, I think I've got the opposite happening oh, with really? me. Just because yeah. I'm so, like, just completely attached to Gregory Peck as, <laughs> as, as Atticus. Atticus. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, but yeah. This book was just I don't know, I can't I can't describe how I actually feel about it. I've had such mixed emotions about it. Okay. Yeah. Really mixed because I think the first three quarters of it is really slow. It's so slow. It's, it's so oh, hard to get God. through. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you were gonna say about it. And I was like, oh my God, if this isn't the if this wasn't for the podcast, I probably would have put it down. Same. Yeah, good. I didn't. I was. Oh, I didn't. God. Okay. I didn't. But then it had some really good things about it as well. So let's just. Okay. Let's just unpack <laughs> what's going on here because okay. it, there's a lot of yeah mixed emotions here. What did you think? One of the things that I found difficult was the book jumps between 2017 and then 2019 and then 2017 and 2018 and I don't know. I felt like those jumps weren't big enough in time to be effective and it was really just confused and it had um, characters that were generally outside of the main characters and so I don't know I found all that too many points of view (laughs) yeah yeah too many points of view I get by reading that last chapter which Naina has written or it's Mm -hmm. from the point of view of, of Naina I get what happened beforehand and how the author has constructed this list and that all of these lost souls are finding this list. But I didn't think there was enough of a... The ending didn't wrap it up, I guess, in in a way and and bring all of those characters together to say, oh, you know, I I read some books on here or whatever because I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity to further develop how the book had impacted other characters as well because I started writing them down. So there was point of views were from Mikesh, Alicia, Izzy, Naina, Indra, Gigi, who has like one Oh my gosh, chapter. I can't f- forget about she Gigi. Finds, Who's she Gigi? She finds the list in a shopping centre uh, and she takes a picture of it or something. Right. Joseph, 
who gets bullied a lot and hangs out in the library. Leonora, who sees the list at yoga and takes a picture of it. Chris, who's in a reading slump and is broken up with his girlfriend and he heads back to Harrow Road Library because that's where he feels safe. So that's what, two, four, six, eight, (laughs) nine different points of view. Half of those people I forget. Yeah, and really that whole book was centred around Mukesh and Alicia and I just didn't see how the other characters finding that list impacted the story at all. Like if you were to get rid of those, I don't know, 10, 12 chapters, it would have been a quicker read. And more impactful. Yeah, definitely. Those, yeah, those characters didn't really add to the story. I guess the point of that was to say that there were a few lists out in the world to try and affect people. Yeah, so I guess the point of that was to show that Naina, who is Mukesh's wife who has passed away, really felt the connection to, to reading and how much it... I guess you learn from it and you grow from it and she wanted to pass that on and she'd identified these a couple of different people because she'd strategically placed lists in certain areas for people to find. Others were just sort of like a random, you know, a, a poster or a, a little list on a note, a community notice board. Yeah, I just, it just didn't add to the story for me and I think if those chapters were removed, mm. I probably would have um, enjoyed the book a bit more because it wouldn't have felt like such a slow read. Yeah, it definitely was a slow read. Also interesting because I feel like you are a person who likes things wrapped up at the end and I am <laughs> sure a person do. who maybe not so much, but I feel like this is like halfway between and doesn't satisfy either of us. Yeah. Like I think it either has to tie things up at the end or leave things quite loose. Whereas yeah. this, I feel like, First of all, I saw it coming a million miles away that Nana. I, I, I that Nana wrote I even the list. Was like, that Nana wrote the list and that <laughs> the last chapter was going to be from Nana's point of view yeah. talking about her writing the list. Yeah. Which is fine. Sometimes when you see things coming, it's still satisfying at the end that it happens. Yeah. But, but um, it was unbelievable, though. She put that handwritten note in the last book, which was. On the shelf with the crime thriller yeah, guy for Chris to find. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how. Did she think that her husband, who had never picked up a book in his whole life, was even going to get through the list, let alone get to that last book that had her letter in it addressed to him specifically? Well, see, I assumed, I thought that was so unbelievable that I thought that that's not what she was doing. I thought she just stuck it there for the meantime. Chris then gives it to Alicia because it's got Mukesh's name on the front of the envelope. But I thought that that was just coincidence and by accident okay because it seemed like when she was putting that letter in the book it wasn't like and now I'm going to tuck this in for Mukesh to find (laughs) she just kind of I think somebody called her and then she was like just kind of stuck it in there and then went about her business right so well that's not good either though because it Mm. could very easily not have happened and I I think the other thing that I found a bit disappointing about this book was that it was about inter generational connectedness but it didn't really go very deep into it Mm. it was a lot about the books and how the characters in the books have influenced Mukesh and Alicia Mm -hmm. and how they go on to handle certain situations I guess that they encounter but even that a lot of weight went into Killer Mockingbird and a lot of weight went into Rebecca and then I feel like after Kite Runner it kind of just sort of 
petered out. Yeah, it was like she had this idea to have this list with these books, but then, yes, she didn't carry that through with each no. of the books. And if she wasn't going to, then maybe she shouldn't have... She should have picked different books. Or <laughs> had a shorter list. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Because, because there wasn't really anything about a suitable boy. No. Um, well, I, I think that it that kind of stuff is left to the reader to then try and make connections with it because really they didn't talk a lot about little women but Mukesh has got three very you know out there daughters mm. who really try and rule his life and try and live his life for him and do everything for him and he does try and connect each of the daughters he to does. one of the women yeah little yeah. Women. yeah and in a suitable boy I guess Alicia is then developing a relationship with Zach who is somebody that she just randomly happened to bump into <laughs> in the train as well so I think it's really left up to the reader to try and make some meaning out of those but given that she gave so much of the book to To Kill a Mockingbird, mm. yeah, it just kind of felt like it wasn't weighted equally. And also even the depth of the connections that she made to, to Kill a Mockingbird mm. was basically just that Atticus was wise and always had something wise to say. Yeah, and that Scout was like Priya, Mukesh's yeah. granddaughter as well. That's so, right, yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't really much beyond that. I don't mean to, to bag it, but do you know what I wrote on when I was doing it? I was thought, is this book more about Sarah Nisha Adams and her reading habits than it is actually a story about intergenerational connectedness and coming together? Because the author gives us out her reading list yeah. right at the very end. Mm-hmm. So she's even got more books that she felt she could have added books that made me want to be a reader and eventually a writer. Mm. She's got a whole list in there. So I just feel it was a bit more about her yeah, than well, it is it, to it, about the story. It said that this the idea for this book came from her relationship with her own grandfather. It could be that she felt that connection with her grandfather through all of these books and so had this germ of an idea. Yeah. But unfortunately, I agree that I don't know that the execution of it really... Yeah, I I know what you're trying to say because (laughs) it's hard to find words for it because it does leave you a bit wanting because currently in in reality, what's happening here at Marion Libraries is Mm. very much about this. It's very much about intergenerational programs and connecting with each other. That's exactly why we chose this book because I thought... It's about books, reading, libraries, yep. connection, Hope, intergenerational. courage, trying new things. How could we not love it? I know. And now neither of us liked it. <laughs> Look, the story between Mukesh and Alicia is very cute. Yes. Right? And the story around Mukesh and Priya, his granddaughter, is very sweet mm-hmm. as well. Like Priya had a really big connection with Naina, who's, who was the grandmother but has since passed. And Mukesh is trying to find a, a link or a bridge that can sort of so he can connect with Priya, but also connect with Naina as well. So she's not losing the memory of her grandmother. Mm. But yeah, so I think that standalone story is far stronger than interweaving the books with it. Mm. I think if you pulled it apart and actually had Sarah Nisha Adams' reading list mm. <laughs> and how it's affected her and it be a non-fiction book mm. and then had a, a fiction book around Mukesh and his life, I think that would have been pretty interesting. Yeah, perhaps the And developed further as well. Yeah. Because I felt a lot of it was surface level. I think I said the same thing about storylines, which I felt was quite subtle and, and didn't really develop 
and and go further into the feelings of each of the characters. And I felt a little bit of the same way here as well. Yeah, I wonder if the idea of the reading list is a bit gimmicky and like... You think, what a great idea for a book, but actually... What a great idea to promote your local struggling library. Yeah. Because like, oh. <laughs> there's the Harrow Road Library, but then there's the Civic Centre Library, which is like the big, new, glam building. Which Just is kind like of us. us. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, it put me offside right away because Mukesh finds the Time Traveller's Wife library book that his late wife had been reading and he's he's struggling with his loneliness from his spouse dying and is able to feel a bit of a connection still with Nana from reading The Time Traveler's Wife. Anyway, then he goes to return The Time Traveler's Wife to the library and first of all, she has a big section of talking about how gross it is that Alicia's got to have this part of her shift where she's going through the return library books and pulling out disgusting things from them so I was like oh my gosh girl what are you doing to us like Way yeah. to yeah. way to not encourage people to exactly go to their library and use and library books. Especially because she's pretty sour in their first meeting. Like well, she's and got that was the other thing that mm. so there was the gross return library books and the, the bad, bad customer the bad service customer experience. You'd never get that here. You would never get that here. And I mean, maybe it's different in the UK. I know that they struggle in the UK yeah. with their libraries closing. So this is you know a pertinent storyline mm. and. You know, we are very lucky here. We're well-funded and we are not in fear. I mean, we're always trying to keep ourselves relevant, always trying to, you know, get more people through the doors, but we're not like under the knife waiting for the axe to fall and our jobs go. We're not revenue raising either. So we're we're just here. We're here to serve you guys out there. So uh, we're pretty lucky here in Australia. Yeah, we are. We are lucky. But that... The bad customer service and the gross library books put me offside yeah. right away. Yeah. And, then, and not... some of the creepy characters. Mm. Like, because there is that the crime thriller guy who just kind of sits and just reads. And I don't know. I, and I guess for me, the library is a place of connection. But this book focused on people feeling pretty lonely and lost and coming back to the library. And the library has a whole suite of people that access, like our library, certainly. Mm. You don't have to be lonely. You can just come and just be enjoy. like and enjoy like you can have a perfectly wonderful life outside of <laughs> library usage I see so you're saying the yeah. the, the picture it painted of the typical library user is just some not, sad yeah, lonely yeah, yeah absolutely it's not, it's not. they like there's so many different users that come through the door and I wish she had sort of focused on some of those as well because mm. I think of like I'm not going to name drop but I think of some of the the ladies that come in and they're just so vibrant mm. and they're looking they want to have a chat and they come and ask you about how your kids are going and and things like that and you ask them about their appointments and did they get their hair done and things like that so it's just it's not it's not a place for lonely people I mean that is a part of what we do but it's definitely not just that mm. and the other thing that I found about this was that it was just book based there's lots of things that libraries mm. do it's not just a book uh, to be fair, I guess we are reading this book as two people yeah. who work in the <laughs> library and it's obviously written by not a person who works in a yeah. library, mm. but it's written from the perspective of a person who's working in the library. So I guess that's kind of the frustrating yeah. thing for yeah. us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess the book hooked me 300 pages in. Okay. So I had to read all of that. It's like a 400 and something page long book and it wasn't, and this is a spoiler, it wasn't until Aiden's suicide 
that the book actually picked up for me. How did you feel about Eden's suicide? I felt like you could kind of see it coming because there was something not right in that he was getting more and more distant. But everything, again, was just very surface level. Mm. So perhaps not having a good understanding around that sort of mental health issue for myself, I probably would have liked to have gone a little bit deeper into into what his thoughts and ideas were around that time. But I guess if you don't know, you you don't know. It was just it was just really sad because it, it did make me and this is the mixed emotions thing. It did make me think, what is Alicia going to do now? Mm. Because it really was a tag teaming kind of thing to look after their mum mm. and that is such um, a big load when you are young and you have to be the adult I just don't know how you would then go on to to go on and have a successful life because Aidan graduated with the best score and had to give up his university placement to work two jobs to be able to fund and look after the family mm. yeah I just it's kind of one of those things where well what happens to them now mm. Mukesh is not going to be enough <laughs> I know they're really good friends, but that little book club of two is not going to be enough to get her through. And yes, mum has turned a corner at the end of the book, but there are a few times in the book where she says, you know, it's like a spell or like a mum's oh, yes. going through this kind of process and then she'll come to an end. It will come to the end. And well, last time this happened. Mm. So you knew she, you know, she was a bit up and down with her mental health. Mm. Aiden's suicide came at me out of left field oh really I mean I knew something was wrong with him but and I I think it was partially that it came out of left field and partially how she handled it I felt like it was really clunky to, yeah or as in like Alicia handled it no, or the writer the, handled- the way it was ha- the way it was written I felt something had to happen in that book for a publisher to go yes let's actually publish this book because it was really slow it was very slow I agree but I just felt and maybe that's what it was and she felt like she had to chuck something in there I just did not appreciate how that was handled and because what happens is Alicia gets upset because of how people are handling Aiden's death online and how they just kind of are hashtagging and sharing his photos and she feels like almost like people are People had abandoned them, really. Yes, but um, now suddenly they're sharing all the photos yeah. and, and jumping on the bandwagon, which I could imagine how that would feel. Yeah. But then it's like Aiden's death is used as a vehicle to save the library. Yeah. And I don't know that that's great. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't. I think it was probably inappropriate. But some some of the stuff that did happen after his death was pretty I thought pretty normal where Mm. she sort of goes into autopilot and then starts thinking of the times that she's had with her dad she visits the site where he jumped like Mm. I think some of those things were pretty normal that you would think would happen so I thought she she did okay as in the author did okay there but Mm. yeah I I don't know if it should have been used as the vehicle to save Save the the library library. Mm. yeah I don't know I I just felt it like you said I think it didn't round up and end everything neatly yeah it was 
not ambiguous enough to let you make up your own judgments about things. Mm. And I hate to say this, but it probably just needs another hundred pages to like wrap it all up nicely. <laughs> you so didn't that you want know the, what happened. You didn't want this book to be another hundred pages. <laughs> or maybe if you cut a hundred pages uh, yeah, out. At the front, and, yeah. If you just took away all of the other points mm. of view of all the characters, some of them would have been fun though. I would have loved to have known more about Chris who had broken up with his girlfriend and okay. he was in a reading slump. I thought that would have been fun to to build him a little bit more and then Izzy the list collector who mm. who collects shopping lists and grocery lists and stuff and now she's got a book list so I thought she would have been good to, to know about but I do think that she went to the to the opening or the yes. launch of the, the library again so yeah question for you mm. how did you go with all of the Indian and Hindu references in the book actually liked that part of the book. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Did you, like, look up what things meant? Or, like, uh, the yes, foods and yes, stuff? Some, yeah. Yes, I did, yeah. yeah. There was one in particular... Dosa. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I ended up watching... I don't watching, know you yeah, were going to say that. I was going to say that. Food, I ended up that's watching why. a bunch of TikToks of people <laughs> making dosa. It looks yeah. delicious. And then yeah. I wanted to try it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. No, I yep. really liked that part. Yeah. Yeah, the food, I mean... You gotta love food in I know. the book, mm. yeah. yeah. But just the and way the that, customs, yeah, and yeah, taking your shoes off, yeah. and the way they address everyone, right, as well. It like, actually, it's not like a first name thing, yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of things in there that remind me of Japanese culture as well. Yeah. Taking your shoes off, even the way that he says ne at the end of a lot of his yeah. Japanese, you say that in Japanese right. as well, yeah, as as ne as in like isn't it. So Mukesh, after the death of his wife, he is looking for, I guess, friends and he doesn't really know how he fits into the world anymore. His daughters do everything for him, do his thinking for him, do his cooking for him. They ring him every morning and they leave a message on his answering machine so he doesn't even have the time to communicate back to them and I think that was a bit of a bone of contention as well. Mm. You're telling me you're not giving me the opportunity to talk to me Mm. or talk to each other rather. And so he starts to form a friendship with an older woman who has lost her partner. So they're of similar age, but the the community around the, the temple that they go to, you know, there's, I guess, a bit of controversy when a man and a woman are friends, especially if they've lost partners, because automatically there's an assumption that they are in a, in a loving relationship, intimate, I guess. Yeah. yeah, intimate relationship. And that is a, a bit of a thing with Indian cultures as well because you don't you don't date. You know, your parents find someone for you to marry. Mm. Yeah, so I can understand how some of those cultural norms just get perpetuated. And it's interesting that the younger daughters mm. are getting their back up about their dad finding someone. Mm. Now, my mum is by herself. And if she found someone, I would be probably high-fiving her and saying, what oh, can good. I do to help? Right. Like, you know, what, you know, this is amazing. Like, you go and be you and have the time of your life. Mm. Whereas his girls were, like, really stroppy about it mm. and confront and had, like, a um, – what do they call that when they confront you about like an intervention intervention (laughs) about his dad having a girl over (laughs) calm down ladies but I guess maybe that's part of the book as well because you know with little women they're all their own different personalities right yeah they take things in a different way so did you find that unbelievable though no it was totally believable Mm. but it was just normally you'd see it the other way around like if you were you know seen catching a train with a boy when you were young Mm. your parents would have to sit you down and say you know you can't do that because people will start talking. 
So maybe that's kind of a humorous sort of yeah. switch of yeah. roles. Yeah. And that probably, all, that's when everything came to a head, I guess, as well. And that was a bit of a change in the book too. After that incident, he sort of picked up his own life and decided, yeah, I'm not going to let the girls mm. hold me back anymore. I'm going to do things for myself. Did you think it was an easy read? No, because I felt like it was quite disjointed. Okay. And it was a bit of a slog. I guess what I was trying to to get was like it was very it wasn't flowery with its writing. It yeah. just felt like it was written at my level. <laughs> <laughs> my dumb level. Well, for example, I would I would say an excellent example of a book that is written simply is Angela's Ashes. Have you read Angela's yeah. Ashes? Yeah. So easy to read. And I think of that as a standout example of easy reading is damn hard writing. I think it's Nathaniel Hawthorne who said that. But sometimes that's the kind of book where you read it and you think, I could write a book. You try and do it. Like it yeah. is not easy. And whereas I'm reading this and I find it quite laborious okay. and not not because it's like using a bunch of words I don't understand or mm. that it's got complex storylines or anything like that. But just oh, really letting loose on this author now. I feel bad. But yeah. I just it's her debut novel, so she you know, did well. She's written I'll another look forward one. Yeah. To, yeah, what she's going to do in future. But I just found it clunky and poorly executed. Oh, oh. Sorry. Ouch. <laughs> All right. So wrap it up. What did you think? I I did not enjoy this book and I wasn't planning to say that. I was planning to just try and find all the positives in it because I feel bad considering the topic and... Yeah, like the premise is really cool. Like it's a great idea. Yeah. I love that old people and young people can enjoy the space and like you can build connections and you can find common ground through books but no I did not appreciate the execution I felt there was a lot of it that was not believable including the dialogue a lot of the dialogue I found quite painful which is a big pet peeve between any of them really yeah I just think it's really funny how you can see someone on a train in London which has what like 30 million people that live there then see them again, I guess, on the street or in the shopping centre and then that person comes and stalks you out. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. Not believable. Not believable. Yeah, look, I I don't even think I can say much about it. I just still have mixed emotions about it. Some of the stuff in there was really good. But, yeah, 300 pages in and I was like, mm. holy moly. And I kept looking, I was like, oh, 430 <laughs> You don't have that too far to go. Same. I need a book that gives me that hook. That first chapter has to really get me in. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess I'm just so used to reading books about violence or (laughs) somebody gets murdered in the first chapter or someone's been kidnapped or, you know, there's some traumatic event that's happened. Right. I mean, I get that. I think that a a book that's well done doesn't, you know, it can be any genre. Mm. Yeah, yeah, something can be slow paced and be a slow burn and be effective. Yeah. But no, I agree with you that this was not it. Yeah. Okay. Shall we talk about what else we've read? Yeah, sure. Because yeah. I have the book for you. Really? Yes, I do. Okay. I read Give a, it to me. a crime thriller that yes. I reckon you would love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've probably read her before, actually, considering the genre. Have you read Lisa Jewell? 
No. Oh, uh, yes, I have. I've read something. Um, yeah, my Sorry. daughter read two of hers before. This is my first Lisa Jewell. This mm-hmm. one is, I think it's her latest. It's on our trending titles at the moment. It's called None of This is True. Oh. And it absolutely is just what you're looking for okay. after this, yep. I feel All like. Right. So I'll give it a go. It's about Alex, who's an affluent wife, mother, and podcaster, (laughs) and the kind of woman who, quote unquote, has it all. Mm. And then she meets Josie, who's a very unassuming, mousy kind of person, and they meet because they're birthday twins. So they share a birthday. They're both out for their birthday dinner, and they were born on the same day in the same year at the same hospital, they find out. And Josie approaches Alex because she reckons that she would be a good subject for her podcast. Alex wants Josie's story, so she lets her come on the podcast to tell it. And she finds it intriguing because she finds out that Josie was groomed by the man who's ended up becoming her husband and the father of her two children. But he groomed her when she was like 16. Yeah, Yeah. it's a bit ew. And then twists and turns ensue. So yeah, (laughs) super fast paced. Page Turner, yes, yes. perfect read for holidays, which is when I read check, it. Check, check, Yeah. And the other thing is the dialogue was so believable. Like I absolutely could picture these people, could picture this conversation happening. Yeah. I felt like I was an expert hands with the author. Oh, good. Mm. Yeah. Is she Australian? No, I think it's set in the UK. So I think okay. this is another UK yeah. author. Oh, cool. What have you been reading, I've Salma? read heaps. So I finally did The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. Oh, yes. I want to know what you think. Mm. Mm. I am getting a little bit sick and tired of women ignoring red flags. Uh, I always have this. It must be the books I'm picking. But if anyone out there has a recommendation for a kick-ass female lead who takes no crap (laughs) and actually listens to her female intuition... Okay, maybe Can don't read that previous yeah, book yeah. I just recommended. <laughs> Can you please recommend me that book? That mm. would be great. Mm. Yeah, I liked it, but I just, I I thought, I can't even describe it because there's just so much going on in that book and it felt like it was two books together. Oh, okay. Um, you know, about Alice Hart when she was young and then she's sort of like, it's like a coming of age, mm. but there's so many manipulative characters in her life that it's, yeah, I, I just feel like she's she should be better at reading some of the signs, but she's not. Have you watched the series? I tried to watch the series, but it was so slow. Right. Mm. I started it as well and didn't continue with it. Yeah. It was mm. just it Interesting. Was a bit slow. Yep. I read a young adult book called ah. A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. And it's just about a murder that happened five years ago in a little town in England. And the person who was accused of the murder goes on to commit suicide a couple of days later. And then the main character, Pippa, she takes on this investigation as her final year 12 project. So, yeah, and she just uncovers secrets of the town. Which is pretty good. Again, she ignores quite a few red flags. (laughs) Who's Um, the author of that one? Holly Jackson. Okay. Yep. One Last Secret by Adele Parks. Ah. This follows the story of sex worker Dora who decides to leave the industry after her best friend proposes to her. But she takes one last job, of course, because it's in the south of France and she just wants to help out this client that she's had for a long time and when she arrives at the secluded chateau she feels that nothing is as it seems and again she ignores her (laughs) um, red flags but this one's got a really good twist at the end I love a good twist yeah and it's got a little bit of backstory to Dora as well which yeah which helps you understand why she's ignoring all of those red flags so 
passable. Have you read Adele Parks before? No, but I've read lots of people love her writing Mm, and like, you know, people like drop everything because the new Adele Parks book is out. So I thought, Um, yeah, I'll give it a go. What made you read The Young Adult? Accident probably. Okay. (laughs) No, I, you know, I was looking through Borrow Box over Christmas and I wanted something I could read straight away. Mm. So I had to look in Young Adult because I'm trying to read every, you know, month or a few months that's outside of what I would normally read. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I have started a fantasy one, but I haven't really gotten into it, the audio book, but I've actually got the physical book. So I'm going to try and read the physical book. Is that the fourth wing? No, Uh. that's in the lives of puppets. Mm. I read Ripper by Shelley Burr, which is out on our trending titles as well. Ah. That was a super easy read. I think I read that in like a couple of days. What's the genre of that one? A crime, Australian crime, but like... Not gory or awful or anything like that. So basically it's about a small town where three people died over nearly two decades ago and there's a copycat murder that happens and the main character who is Gemma, she's going to unravel all of that. Mm. Would would recommend? I would recommend because it's easy to read and if you're looking for something to read Mm. and you can get through it very easily. Mm. And I read one non-fiction book. You read heaps. I always, yeah, I've been reading a bit yeah. or listening to a bit. Mm. Um, I read Leadership and the One Minute Manager, oh. <laughs> which actually was a really good book because it was written in narrative style, not okay. in the style of um, Six Thinking Hats. So it was a bit of a story <laughs> about looking at the four basic leadership styles of directing, coaching, supporting and delegating. Oh, that's why you've been delegating mm. and <laughs> coaching us so well these <laughs> last um, hardly. And that's only like 130 pages. It's like the tiniest okay. slip book so cool. I actually was I'm um, doing returns and I saw it come through and I was like ooh, something mm. I could read quickly and yeah you can so uh, speaking of quick reads I did mm. listen to another book uh, did you um Rebecca by <gasps> Daphne du Maurier you did because that was one of the books from the reading list was it that scary? I had it wasn't okay. um but was, you like horror movies don't you I do yeah yeah so you're probably immune I would yeah yeah I don't know maybe I don't know if it's because it's a classic gothic tale or if I'm just more immune to yeah. scary things. Did you do audiobook or did you do audiobook? Okay. Yeah. Borrow uh, book? Uh, Libby. Libby, okay, I'll have a if, look. Yeah, if you want to have a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would call it more atmospheric than scary. Okay. And maybe I took the sort of haunted aspect of it a bit too literally because okay. there are no ghosts or anything yeah. in this um if you listen to it it's like three hours long oh really yeah yeah it's oh, really easy to get through yeah, yeah exactly um, is it three hours long double speed though or no, no speed? it's normal speed okay. so you can right. get through it really yeah. easily and then you can say you've like read a classic yeah. so i highly recommend <laughs> really slow to start so you kind oh. of but it's only three hours so, so it's fine yeah, yeah so it's fine it. and at yeah. the end it really ran ramps up like it really really? ramps up at the end and then it is a book that's a good candidate for a second read I think not that I've read it a second time but I think knowing the ending yeah it would which I think is a mark of a good novel um, yeah that you can go back and read it again oh 100 percent yeah Yeah. more from it so especially if it's three hours (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah good on you well done yeah you hadn't read anything last time I know we met so you're two up I've also you know been on leave for, th- yeah. for three weeks so yes <laughs> I should yeah. have should have probably read well, more <laughs> you don't have to read any time off that's our job I also started a whole bunch of books and didn't finish them but yeah I do that as well and I think that's perfectly okay mm. like I think there's so much good material out there that if you are reading a book and you're not enjoying it yeah get rid of Move it there's the something else life it doesn't is too matter. short 
Yeah, yeah, too many good books. Yeah. And the other thing was I was driving a lot with my partner and we were looking for something to listen to together and it's not easy yeah. to find something that both of us will be like, yeah, yeah. we'll listen to this. So, yeah. so having said that, too many good books, what's coming? So I did a bit of a grab really quickly, yeah. grabbed a few things. So this is by no means, by zero means an exhaustive list. <laughs> but just a couple of things that stood out to me. One is that Jesse too, who wrote A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing, okay. which made a bit of a splash a couple of years ago, which is a story about a young violin prodigy who grows up and uses sex to fill this void that's left by the fame that she had when she was younger as a prodigy has a new book out that's coming. I think it looked like it was in July called honey eater. And then I could not find another thing about it. That wasn't behind a paywall. Nothing. in oh, Goodreads. really? Must yes. It's a bit mysterious. Yeah. And I find Jesse too a bit mysterious. So okay. she's Australian Asian author. Look out for yeah. that. Yeah. Coming in a few months. I think I mentioned this last time, but Kylie Reed who wrote such a fun age, which was a big book mm. is coming out with a book called Come and Get It in the next couple of months, I think. This one, and perhaps it's just my background, but personally I thought this sounded interesting, a book called The Star on the Grave by Linda Margolin Royal. And this is a firm press, which has been been doing a few good things lately. This Um, is not a paid ad for a firm, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But we're Paula just loves them. (laughs) (laughs) This novel's based on the true story of the Japanese Schindler, which didn't know there was such no, a character who rescued her father and grandparents during World War II. So, I mean, okay. as my grandparents were interned during World War II, so I have a mm. personal, I uh, was like, what? Yeah. That sounds interesting. So that's coming out. And randomly, Rebel Wilson has mm. a memoir coming out called Memoir Rising about her acting life. So there's just a few things yeah. coming out in the next few months. Yeah, sounds good. So, what's coming up next month? Stay tuned. <laughs> next month, we will be releasing the recording of our talk with Wendy Harmer. She came Ooh. to visit us at the end of last year. She was in conversation with Mix 102.3's Allie Clark. So Superstar Ali Clark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we love Ali Clark. So, yeah, stay tuned for that one. Any final thoughts from you, Selma? No, except that libraries are great. Libraries yeah. are great. Come visit us. Yeah, come visit us. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Yeah, in there. I'm sure in London they'd be like, in there. (laughs) It's a good book, in (laughs) there. Don't put that in, Jazz. (laughs) 